Oh, here we go. The greatest stories never told has a spono. And it's none other than our legendary mates at Cooper's Board Store. Cooper's is an institution on the New South Wales mid-north coast. But the good news is, Cooper's Board Store is available online for everyone. Over a thousand boards in stock, it's Australia's largest in-stock board store. It's located in Coffs Harbour, or you can shop online at coopersboardstore.com.au. The crew are shipping surfboards Australia-wide every day and offer top-line brands like JS Industries, Firewire, SharpEye, Mayhem Lost, DHD, Stacey, MR, Chili, Aloha, the Mick Fanning Soft Tops, Quickie, Roxy, and more. And you can also get your weddies from Coops as well. Rip Curl, O'Neill, Bisler, Billabong, Quickie, Roxy, they're all in there. Get in now to get your orders in for Chrissy. Coopersboardstore.com.au. 50 years locally owned since 1969. Fantasies, pulsing swells, them who knows them, seven towns. On distant reefs, on fatal shores, heroes and heroines from days of yore. They live on the fringes, pack mondo cones, orbs of mortal conequence, pulverizing bones, adventures and nightmares for young and old. These are the greatest stories never Today's episode, as you would have guessed, is all about the great Evans Head grit merchant, Callum Robson. And this is all in honour of the first perfect 10 of the season at Supertubes in Peniche, Portugal, yesterday. Uh, we'll get into a full decompression session of that wave during our next episode of Blitz. But this profile is all about just finding out what makes this maniac tick? Which should explain a little bit about how he managed to get himself under and into what has to be the heaviest wave ever packed on sand. Like, you know, successfully completed anyway. I mean, that thing was next level. A true cone of mortal coniquence par excellence. Well played. Without further adieu, Let's get into the Callum Robson profile titled True Grit, a throwback to a golden age of Australian surfing with a new age twist, first published in Stab Magazine on June 28, 2022. Callum Robson doesn't have to look far for motivation. When the going gets tough, he reminds himself what his friends and family are going through. It still looks like a war zone. It's pretty terrible. No grass is growing back. It's just muddy. There's just houses and stuff all through the cane fields. It's pretty devastating, he says. A few months ago, the northern rivers of New South Wales, where Callum lives, were decimated by the worst flood in recorded history. 
Evans Head, where Callum grew up, was among the town's worst hit, as was Woodburn, where his parents live, 15 minutes inland. Callum's folks lost nearly everything and were lucky to escape with their lives. The water came in so fast, many in the town were forced onto roofs and a nearby bridge in the middle of the night, while local heroes in tin motorboats raced around performing rescues. That was a couple of months ago, but evidence of the disaster is still everywhere. Turning off at Wardell and heading towards Evans Head, I pass an upside-down caravan, a large yacht beached among mangrove trees on the riverbank, several condemned houses in various stages of demolition, and debris scattered throughout the cane fields. Callum was competing in the Portugal World Tour event when news of the floods broke. As is often the case with floods, the worst affected areas were also the poorest. Low-lying equals low socioeconomic in these parts, as it does in many others. Despite having no major sponsor, Callum dedicated 20% of his winnings to the flood relief effort and has remained on the forefront of the fundraising and clean-up efforts around his hometown. When he competes and when he trains, this is what he thinks about. To give them some sort of joy obviously makes me feel pretty good and gives me energy to keep going and keep pushing and making them proud, he says. The morning I meet Callum is the day after the biggest win of his career. It's raining, unseasonably humid, howling onshore, the ocean looks like chocolate milk, and flooding has been predicted once again. He's sitting at a park bench with some local kids and their dad, dressed in a nondescript hooded jumper, shorts, and running shoes. A tyre that gives no indication he even surfs, let alone is in the top 10 in the world. Yesterday, in Chundera's six to eight foot snapper rocks, with an ungodly sweep ripping through the lineup, he powered through four heats to win the opening Challenger Series event of the year. After producing back to back buzzer beaters in the quarter and semi finals, he beat local hero Sheldon Simkus in front of a parochial home crowd to win the final. That night, while his competitors painted the town red, Callum had one beer, a taco, and went to bed before 10. The adrenaline dump was huge. The whole next day I was wrecked, he says. I was on the beach to watch him. As significant as the result was, you got the sense it was little more than a stepping stone to bigger and better things for Callum. This was all I ever dreamed of as a kid, being a professional athlete, he begins. I'm not in this for the short term. I'm here doing my best, staying in the moment. Regardless, I'm going to give it my all. I'm not going to get caught up in anything but what I've got to do in that moment to win. I'll keep it that simple, he says. At 21, Callum is the youngest surfer on the world tour, but there is a maturity and self-assuredness to him that the most seasoned tour vet would admire. Prior to embarking on the costly Challenger Series campaign last year, he walked away from his one and only sponsor, the Madhuis, because they didn't share his values, relying instead on a crowdfunding campaign by his local Evans Head community to finance his qualification quest. I'm at a point where I want to stay true to who I am and back myself as someone who's authentic to my values, he explains of the decision to walk away from the Madhuis. I want to align with the right company. I'm in no real rush to do anything right now. I want to make sure it fits right. I think my success is going to keep warranting that sort of stuff. Those values are set in stone and are best summarized as a commitment to leave nothing unturned in his quest to be the best. Where two are rookies, and even some veterans often require confidence and a sense of belonging to perform at the elite level, Callum prides himself on needing neither.
I feel like if you wait until things are right to do well, you'll be waiting your whole life. There's no point waiting until you feel comfortable, he says. That's that relationship with discomfort. It's a lot about trust and courage and willingness to feel uncomfortable all the time. Not trying to escape discomfort is very important in competitive surfing, he says. If there is a hallmark of his short career, it's his ability to block out the noise and put up big numbers when the chips are down. Just when you think this no-frills, no-name rookie from nowhere land is about to crumble, he lands the killer blow. I feel like I've got an interesting relationship with confidence. I feel like I don't see it the same as most people. I'm not someone who needs confidence or relies on confidence or even likes confidence. I feel like it comes in a lot deeper than that, from a strong belief in who I am and what I bring to the table and the journey that I'm on, he says. The grit and determination that's propelled him like a rocket through pro surfing's ranks can be traced back to his working class upbringing. Callum's hometown had never produced a pro surfer until he came along. The closest evidence head had come was free surfer and pipeline specialist Anthony Walsh, who lived there briefly before relocating to Lennox Head and eventually Hawaii, where he lives today. Walsh's dad was Callum's family doctor as a kid. The photo in his office of Walsh chasing waves around the world were among the first things to pique Callum's curiosity in pro surfing. I'd go in there and see pictures of Anthony surfing around the world, but he was more that free surfer kind of guy. That's not really the path that I wanted to go down, he says. Callum's family is sprinkled throughout the northern rivers, but not in any of the wealthy parts like Byron Bay. His parents come from Casino, a low-lying, low-socioeconomic rural working-class town with a large indigenous population 40 minutes inland of Evans Head on the floodplain. They are old-fashioned, salt-of-the-earth workers with all the ageless wisdom that comes with it. Callum credits them with building the work ethic and yearning for growth that have become the bedrock of his success. I learned a lot from my dad in terms of telling me it's all about growth. There's never a failure if you're growing. Always look for ways you can improve. He was always on my case about that. He's instilled a few good values in me, says Callum. Callum hardly surfed growing up, at least by the metric of most pro surfers. A talented rugby league player in a team coached by his dad, He attended school in Lismore, requiring an hour and a half bus trip each way. He would arrive home in the fading light and sprint to the beach for a 20-minute surf in some of the sharkiest waters on the planet, while his mother shined a spotlight out to sea to make sure he was alive. Now, thinking about that with sharks, you're wigging on it, he says. But back in the day, you'd do anything to get time in the water, and that's what I love to do. The fact Callum sucked at surfing was exactly what attracted him to it. I didn't start thinking about it competitively. I just did it because it was a bit of an escape from my other sports. I loved surfing. I loved trying to improve because I was shit at it. It made me that much more excited to get better, he says. Callum quit school at the earliest opportunity and took up a carpentry apprenticeship with his old man. Seeing Callum's dedication to surfing, his dad was generous with time off when the waves were pumping. Less so after one of his apprentices' inevitable job site howlers, however. One time we were working down here on the river. There was this tin of paint on this finished concrete floor. We had plastic down so nothing got on the floor. I was carrying this timber, turn around and whack the tin of paint all over the freaking polished concrete floor. Fuck, I was in trouble. I didn't work for anything that week. Had to sit there with a file and scrape paint off the thing for a day or two. It was heavy, he laughs. 
The days of sweating it out alongside surly tradesmen on muggy north coast mornings while the waves were pumping rammed home a thirst to succeed in sport that is near unquenchable. When times get tough, that's what you draw on. I haven't had the golden path. It hasn't been set in stone that Callum Robson is going to make it as a professional surfer. I had to go a different route. Doing an apprenticeship with my dad, I realized how much I didn't want to do that. And it made it very clear in my head about what I want in life, he says. That's why I want to get to where I'm going so quickly. Because I know what I want and I'm getting after it and going for it. When you find that, it's empowering. You've got to chase it, he says. What the family lacked in pro surfing pedigree, they made up for with unbridled sporting passion across a number of disciplines. Rugby league, rowing surfboats, hockey, and whatever else was going. All Christmases are competitive, both sides of the family. My mum is super competitive. My dad still rows. He won the Aussie Masters the other day, says Callum. Littered throughout the extended Robson clan are a number of professional and amateur sporting champions. Callum's cousin, Reese Robson, is among the best players in the National Rugby League with the North Queensland Cowboys. His other cousin, Pete, was a talented hockey player, footballer and surfer who now works at Surfing Australia's High Performance Centre and cast a decisive influence over Callum's career. He's been a massive role model and influence in my life. He surfed around here, and he's been competitive in a lot of different sports. He's what I aspire to be as a competitor. And then he just helped fuel me when I was younger and kept me on the right track, he says. Growing up in a proud, multidisciplinarian sporting culture also let Callum in on a little secret when it comes to making the big leagues. A secret that can easily be overlooked in a lifestyle sport such as surfing. Playing other sports, training is just a normal part of playing the game, he says. You've got to do it. It's in the culture. Whereas that's not so much the culture of surfing. It's up to interpretation. I come in with the mindset of doing everything I can to bring my chances up because I didn't come from that background of having everything there for me. I felt like I had to do everything and I still firmly believe that I do everything to give myself the best chance to perform, he says. That's where I see myself being different to most people, forward thinking in that regard, to innovate and push the sport in terms of what I'm doing outside the water that's going to directly influence my surfing in the water, he says. Callum's work ethic might be unmatched on tour. A number of coaches I spoke to at the High Performance Centre on the Gold Coast told me he's the hardest working athlete in their dozen strong roster, and not just in the gym. He takes advantage of everything the multi-million dollar facility has to offer. The sports psyche, Jason Patchell has helped me a lot. I've grown leaps and bounds since working with him. Also surrounding myself with people in the HPC who are forward thinking and thinking what's next and people that don't put limits on you. It all comes down to who you are and I feel like I'm just wanting to learn more and more. It's fun, he says. Callum's rise has been meteoric. Less than 12 months ago, he was largely unknown even in his home country, where he was ranked 19th on the regional qualifying series and considered a long shot to make the Challenger Series. Heading into the final qualifying series event of the season, the Tweed Coast Pro in Cabarita, he needed a final or better just to have a shot at qualifying for the Elite Tour. After suffering back-to-back concussions in the lead-up to the event, he endured a forced layoff during which he doubled down on his commitment to make the elite level. Before that comp was when my mindset shifted. I let go of the pressure of having to make it. I let go of this pressure of results. I'm more focused on, okay, this is my journey now. I fully committed to myself. 
this is where I'm going no matter whether I get a result here or I don't. Next year, I'm going to put twice as much work in to get back there, he says. It worked. He won the contest and carried the form onto the Challenger Series, placing 5th at the US Open, ninth in Portugal, and 7th at the season-ending Halieva event to earn himself a spot on the World Tour. Once there, few predicted Callum would trouble the scorers, and heading into Bells, it looked to be the case. Following mediocre results at Pipeline and Portugal, round of 16 both times, he needed a big result to avoid being cut from the tour. Then came the floods. Callum returned home after Portugal and joined thousands of others in the dirty, dangerous clean-up operation in the Northern Rivers. Seeing his friends, family and community doing it tough lit a fire inside him. If winning meant bringing joy to his people, then he was going to find a way to do it. When you do anything for a bigger reason than yourself, you can definitely find another gear, another level. And yeah, they've been such a big part of my story. And for me to be able to give back to them is very important, he says. After progressing through the opening heats at Bells, he lined up against his surfing hero, Mick Fanning, the equal most successful surfer in the history of the Bells Beach event. With pumping four to six foot conditions on offer, Callum made his way down the race with a stickless board under his arm and a giant crowd baying for his blood. Today it's perfectly groomed and this is what we all wanted to see Mick Fanning surf in down here at Bells and uh, well he's already upset a few of our uh, bigger names and uh, Callum Robson, well he'll be uh, hoping that he can uh, take down the four times champ. As soon as I walked down, I felt like I was a nobody. They didn't know who I was. It was all about Mick, he recalls. But the Bells faithful were about to learn a bit about this nobody. With nowhere to go but up, Callum made a commitment to himself on the way down the race to grab that and use that as an opportunity to put myself on the map. Like, okay, this is my opportunity to take some of that fucking light off him and go, this is my time, he says. That's where I was getting my drive and motivation from, he says. With less than two minutes to go, Callum was once again up against it, needing a near-excellent score to progress, a 7.54. Earlier in the heat, he'd fallen on one of his best waves and let the after-effects of the mistake linger too long, giving Mick the ascendancy. Holding priority with his World Tour career in the balance, Callum rolled the dice on a long bell's wall, opening with a big top-turn slice before almost getting caught behind the section only to rip off a scintillating two-turn combo in the bowl and a rare two-turn combo in the sloppy shore break for a 7-7-7 and the win. Whoa, crunch time. Under a minute to go. That was a great ride from Callum Robson. Ah, beautiful looking wave here. Callum driving off the bottom, hacks it off the top. Cuts it perfectly at the right moment so that he can get to this section here. A driving car back into the power source. I love that wrap, Joe, because he extended a little bit further. Took the rotation further round into the pocket. And then the wave standing up all the way through the inside. Hits it off the top again. And then wait. Hang on. There's more. Drives it down the line. Finishes strong with a great foam hit. Kicks the tail out. Numbers dropping in for Callum Robson. He gets it. A 7.77 to turn it on one of the all-time greats at Bells. Wow. Well, he got the lucky 7.77. There it is. Callum Robson surfing the heat of his career to take out a four-time Bells champ on the final wave. When I got that wave with a minute to go and felt like I surfed it to the score, that was a big moment. 
One of those other moments in terms of being able to perform under pressure, he says. I got that breakthrough out of the ninth place and into the quarters, and it made me keep going on that big run I had. That was a breakthrough, and that was a big moment, he says. He would eventually finish runner-up to Philippe Toledo in the final. The result earned him the praise of none other than free-time world champion Gabriel Medina, who identified Callum as one of the surfers to beat on tour. Whatever Medina saw, his former coach Andy King saw it too. Callum has been tainted as that power surfer and he knows what his superpower is and he delivers it. And they, the judges, just eat it up. They're loving it, says Kingy, adding, just how consistently he hits the mark. It's not like he's a one-off. He just hits that mark time and time again, especially on a long wave. You can see why he had success at Bells and you'd be really worried about him at a location like J-Bay as well, where some surfers deteriorate just due to fatigue. They can't keep hitting that mark at 100% on each section, where Cal doesn't falter. He almost gains momentum into his turns instead of starting with a massive one and tapering off. He just gets stronger through him, he says. Callum has relied on lead-footed power hacks, calves, and machine-like consistency to do the damage so far. But he's quick to point out he can punt too. He won the Tweed Coast Pro on account of his aerial game in some of the most marginal surf imaginable. That's where I came from, but the tour, the waves have kind of shaped me into surfing the way I have been, which has been the power and the rail game. However, I feel like my airs and stuff are still there. I'm just waiting for the opportunity, he says. Aged 21 and ranked 8th in the world, Callum's world tour career couldn't have gotten off to a better start. Back at the park bench in Evan's head, I ask whether he can believe it. 12 months ago, he was a nobody. Now he's being touted as the man to watch by one of the greatest competitive surfers to have lived. Can I believe it? I feel like I can't. I feel like I deserve to be where I'm at. I've always been someone who wants to do more, and I'm backing myself to do things before it happens, he says, adding, There's no limit to myself. I don't believe there's a limit to what you can do as a person. I feel like you can just keep going with the right attitude and right values. It's all up to me, and it's all about keeping myself grounded, keeping my head screwed on, and keeping working away. And see how far I can take it, he says. Given what he's been through to get this far, it's hard to see him losing his head. It doesn't get more humbling than watching people you know and love lose everything. He tells me the story of going to the local Evanshead Bowling Club for dinner with some mates recently. I was getting pulled up by everyone. They'd never watched surfing before or cared about surfing, but they got so much joy out of watching me compete. It's just bringing a smile to everyone's faces around here, he says. That's reason enough to get up in the morning and push himself the extra mile. But Callum has even bigger dreams. I'm doing it to inspire kids around my local area, in the Northern Rivers, and different people around the world who haven't had that perfect start, he says. You don't have to have that chip shot into any career. You can start from wherever, and if you work hard and have the right mindset and dedicate yourself, you can get there, he says. The end.